the What True Next podcast helps you build a TBR of future favorite books. In each episode, Lori and Maine interviews authors and book influencers to recommend books they loved for you to pick up today. If you're an avid reader or always looking for your next great read, then the show's for Hi, Martha. Welcome to What True Next podcast. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. So happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is Meredith, but a lot of people call me Mary. I'm from Manhattan, and I write lighthearted romantic comedies with a splash of on-the-page heat while juggling a day job as a trademark paralegal. I'm oh. a runner. I read about three books a week, and my neck alley shelf is about to topple over, and I'm absolutely addicted to television. And uh, my debut, my trade paperback debut is seen on TV, came out on June 7th. All right. So I got questions from this. What part of New York do you live? Like, or, you know, neighborhood, you don't need to tell the specifics, but just give us a neighborhood. Um, I live in Murray Hill in the thirties. Perfect. So is it still frat central or is it? Yes. Yes. I feel very old. I don't do much socializing. There's a couple of places where I don't feel like an old lady, but for the most part, I mean, and I keep, I've been here a while and I keep getting older, but the people who move into my building keep getting younger. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah. Yes, it still is. Yeah, I live in New Jersey. I live in Jersey City, um, but I work in World Trade Center. So and I have a friend who's lived in Murray Hill and she's she's like, we're like, yeah, this is like Frat Central, <laughs> you know? God bless this area. But it's just like, this is what happens where frat boys, you know, go to finance, you know? Yes, absolutely. Um, and then what type of television do you go, do gravitate to? You know what? everywhere like I just finished uh, watching Heartstopper on Netflix which mm-hmm. is this queer rom-com based in like England and it's adorable and it's light and I like um I started re- watching Fuller House Ooh. after Bob Saget passed away I was like I have to watch this and it's I find it delightful but then I'll go and I'll watch Ozark which is so dark you know I, I sit there with like my hands like clenched waiting for somebody to get shot and they usually do so yeah, I, I run the gamut from really, really light to very, very dark when it comes I'm to assuming, TV. I'm assuming based on your book, you watch some Hallmark movies or have watched? Yeah, I've watched one or two. <laughs> okay. no, I, somebody asked me, I was, I did an event last week and, and the moderator asked me whether I, how many I had to watch in preparation to write my book. And I was like, none, because I had already watched like all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's one thing because I was like, I watch, I watch Hallmark movies. It's not, it's not what I do. Um, it's not the type of movies I watch. Um, but my mom does watch them and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm familiar with them and I'm familiar with the tropes, you know. Um, but I like more steam. I like a little more heat yes. in my and stuff. That's, and, exactly. yeah. that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write, like, to you know, include steam in mine because it's yeah. not, it's not all like the whole point is I'm not trying to write a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Like, a rom-com about a woman who is like obsessed with them but this is not a rom-com so I mean it's not a hallmark rom-com so anybody who expects it to be like the chase kiss in the last three minutes that's not what you're going to get yeah so speaking of that let's chat the elevator pitch for Asina TV okay uh Asina TV is about 25 year old Adina Geller who is a somewhat cynical Manhattanite and lifestyle freelance journalist who is obsessed with Hallmark movies and small towns in general. And when she hears about this 
New York City real estate conglomerate who's looking to take over or develop the tiny town of Pleasant Hollow in upstate New York. She pitches the idea of a real town living out a Hallmark subplot to the editor of a pop culture magazine called T. And she's given the green light to go to Pleasant Hollow and write this story with the reward of a full-time staff position at the magazine if it goes well. And she thinks this is a story that's going to make her career and she'll be able to help out her single mother financially and maybe she'll even like have her own small town romance. Mm -hmm. Only when she arrives in Pleasant Hollow, she discovers it's nothing like television led her to believe. There's no festivals every weekend or at all. There's no homemade pie or any bakeries. The people are not up in arms about the developer at all as with their television counterparts and they're not very friendly to her. In fact, the only person who's welcoming to her is handsome and charming Finn Adams, who is a fellow Manhattanite and works for the real estate developer that she hoped to bring down. Yes, and romance ensues and some shenanigans, romance, and just a little bit of everything ensues. So I really love this book because it just like, I, it took it took the Hallmark spin, a small city girl goes to a small town and we're like, oh, it's not like this film, like you're normally <laughs> charming little town where everyone loves her name. Like they're like, no, they barely want to acknowledge her, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, so what was the process of writing this book? Like, did you write it during the pandemic? Like, was it, what, when did you start writing this book? I started writing this book in about November of 2019, Ooh. right when my agent put the book that I wrote before it on submission and that book didn't sell. Okay. And so I, I was about halfway through the first draft in the middle of March mm-hmm. when everything was down. So I wrote the whole second half and did all the editing during the, the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really good escape for me. And also, I mean, I live alone. I had to work from home, nothing was open. So writing this book, I would say it really saved me like from like depression and fear because I would, you know, I would wake up and I'd write before work and then I would write again after work at like after working online at home. And it, it was really the perfect escape. And I hope, I mean, I hope that people read it like that, just an escape from whatever issues that the world is facing and that they're facing. That's really what it's meant to be. I think it was escape for me. Like I just got a sense of like, you know, for for getting out of getting out of the bubble and just being like, oh, exploring new place, meeting new people, doing all these different things that we would have done in 2020, 2021, you know, and even parts of 2022 were 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 shut down with uh with COVID and stuff like that. So I think it's like it's a it was a nice little escape to get out of it and like think about like, you know, a small town with big developer, you know, yeah. that doesn't look like Hallmark. <laughs> Let's talk about the, uh, the journey to publication because this is your trade debut, um, but you mentioned you wrote a book that did not sell. Yes. So. I got my agent, I think it was like, let me see. I think it was, fe- we signed in February of 2019. And I didn't have that miserable experience in the query trenches that, mm-hmm. that a lot of people have had. I got my, I mean, I had my share of rejections, but I got my agent who I adore pretty quickly. And we went through many rounds of, of uh, revisions on this other book. It was a second chance romance mm-hmm. and um, second chance rom-com. And it just, it didn't sell. You know, we went through all the big publishers and I knew that my dream was to have my book in a bookstore to get paid in advance. And I had published 
books with a small press years ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, wa- I didn't want to do that again. I really wanted to just, I wanted my dream of like the bookstore to come true. So we shelved that first book. And um, thankfully, by the time we were through with all the editors who were reading the first book, I was halfway through a scene on TV and I had so much time on my hands that we were able to go out on sub pretty quick. My agent had no changes for it. She loved it just the way it was. And I had inches from editor editors within like 24 hours, which after a book not getting even second reads than the first round to that, it was just, I would say until now, it was probably the most exciting week of my entire life. Oh my God, that's amazing. You know, but I think it's a, it's a testament, like you have to keep doing the work, you know, mm-hmm. don't trust, like, don't just because it's just, no, it's not, it's not right now. You know, yes. you keep doing the work, like something's bound to happen. Yes. And I, I tell a lot of authors that like, don't ne- know what your dreams are and mm-hmm. like, hold on to those dreams, but don't necessarily hold on to a manuscript. Yeah. You know, because it might, I mean, and it's hard. I mean, I was devastated. I loved that first book that mm-hmm. didn't sell. But in hindsight, I feel like things happen the way they were supposed to. And I honestly, I wouldn't do it any other way. Love this. All right. So let's chat about rom-coms, romance and stuff like that. What was your romance journey? Um, did you read romance growing up or rom-coms or like, did you watch them? What was that journey for you? I- Okay, I'm going to age myself a little bit, but in the late 80s, there were these series of books called Sweet Dreams. Yes, I read those. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> they're like, they have like the tone of Sweet Valley High, but they're standalone romances. And they're always, if I remember correctly, they're always from the woman's, the teenage woman's like POV. Yeah. And I love them. I devoured them. I still remember some of the names. There was Cover Girl and the Popularity Plan and P.S. I Love You. And like, I tore through those. Um, so that was my first journey with romance. And then I would steal my mother's like Danielle Steele and mm-hmm. Judith Krantz books and uh, Jackie Collins. And they were very, very steamy. Um, so I, I read those. And then I kind of, I, they weren't really romance, but they were rom-com. Chicklet. I was a huge yep. fan of Chicklet, like the original Chicklet. Like, so yes. if you can there was a publisher called like Red, Red Dress Inc. And they published like all of them. And I read like all of them. And so it's only recently that I've kind of read more traditional dual POV, sometimes some Regency, like just everything. I love this. And so do you have any books recommend our listeners to pick up? It doesn't have to be romance. It can be anything. All right. Well, I have so many. Like, as I said, I read like three books a week and um, and I should stop requesting on NetGalley and I cannot stop myself. I just it's have a problem that we all have. It's, it's okay. <laughs> but I just like, I never catch up to like the books that I bought that are just like piling up. Yeah. But the book that I'm about to finish is called Nothing But the Truth. And it's by Holly James. And it comes out, I think, July 12th. And it's about a woman who wakes up on her 30th birthday and discovers that she cannot tell a lie not to herself and not to others. It's like pitched as a feminist liar, liar. Mm. And it's absolutely delightful. I feel like it's the perfect summer read. Like I could just picture being on the beach and reading this book. Love it. That's one. Then there's, um, let's see, Fool Me Once by Ashley Winstead. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that one as well. And the the main character is kind of a mess, but it's hilarious. And Ashley is brilliant. She writes thrillers as well. In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife is one of my favorite books from last year, from 2021. 
because I mean, she could write a laundry list or like a grocery list or, and I would give it five stars and tell everybody about it on Twitter. Like I loved it that much. Um, yeah. Another thriller that I loved, cause I read just like I watch TV from all genres. Mm-hmm. I also do that with my reading and um, watch out for her by Samantha M. Bailey, a Canadian mm-hmm. author was released in April and it was like an instant bestseller on the charts in Canada mm-hmm. and very creepy in a really good way. If you like kind of like stalking and like troubled mothers and daughters and I highly recommend it. And full disclosure, I am her critique partner, but I I would not, you know, I would not tell everybody to read the book if I didn't think it was phenomenal. There we go. That's awesome. And then there's um, All Fired Up by Dylan Newton, which just came Mm -hmm. out last week. And that's a, a contemporary romance that I would recommend to fans of like Abby Jimenez because I feel like both authors perfectly balance like the laugh out loud humor and the really heart-wrenching emotional and like from chapter to chapter like you're laughing and then you're crying and like they she does that really really well I love this oh so good (laughs) um Jean Meltzer the matzo ball I loved yes oh so good that was so freaking good it's a good companion to her book actually I would say Yeah. yeah I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, The Dead Romantics I just finished. That's coming out at the end of the month, at the end of June by Ashley. I don't know if it's Poston or Poston. I think it's Poston or Poston. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but I read that book. So freaking good. I know. Oh, my God. Like, I just, yeah, it took me a couple, like, days to, like, recover from it. Yeah. So, yeah. If you like a little bit of the the paranormal, I think, you know, it's, uh, you know, with a woman, a ghostwriter of romance being haunted and then falling in love with a ghost. I mean, how could you get like better than that? In a quirky <laughs> small town planning a funeral. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> dead people and crows and all, you know, all this shenanigans in the background. Yeah. So yeah. much. Yeah. I've never read I think she also she writes YA I've never read her YA but I want her to her YA is great I would say the um Geekerella is a great one it's a Cinderella retelling the geek convention oh that's so, okay that's her stuff and she has right. she has a couple fandom convention and then I read her fantasy the beauty the, the beast and briar and it was actually really good and I'm not a big fantasy reader and I think that was a standalone if I remember correctly okay um, so I really like Ashley. Ashley's coming to the show again because actually I really love her writing and she's great. So good. I will listen. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Murda, tell us where you can find you online. I am mostly on Twitter and Instagram and it's very easy because I'm at Meredith Shore mm-hmm. on both. And my website is www.meredithshore.com. I also have a Facebook author page under Meredith Shore author, but I don't, I'm not quite as active. I am now because I have more, Facebook is harder, I feel like, yeah. to, to engage. Like Twitter and Instagram, Twitter is so easy to engage with people. Mm-hmm. Instagram is just fun and kind and just, you don't get involved in a lot of politics and things that I don't necessarily want to see all the time. Mm-hmm. But Facebook is, is difficult, but I'm on there. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Facebook is just like, it's just, it is what it is. It's, it's for a worth thing. We were like, oh, I don't know if I want to be part of it. So yeah, I'm not on TikTok. And it's not, I just, I feel like if I was going to be on TikTok, I have to be really funny, you know? 
Yeah, I think you're going to be either irreverent or like, you know, funny or just have like a, have a point of view that you want others to know, you know, but yeah, TikTok is hard. Yeah. Like how do we, how do we engage in seven seconds or less? Yeah. So awesome. So thank you, Meredith, for being on the show. Oh, I, I was so happy to be here. Um, thank you so much again for inviting me on your show. It was a pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with friends, subscribe, rate, and review the show. This is the easiest way to support this podcast. For a list of books mentioned and other romance recommendations, please visit retroreadnextblog.com. The Retro Next Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Please visit frolic.media slash podcast to discover new shows to tune in. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.